Welcome to our weekly Church on the Rock podcast. For more information, visit us at churchak.org, download our Church on the Rock AK app, or like us on our Facebook page. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy our weekly podcast. And so, we are moving into this series, began last week. Uh, Pastor Jonathan Garland kicked it off. Uh, we're back from seeing our kids and our grandkids, had a great time, but uh, this is 2024, moving into this new series with our 21 days of fasting and prayer. Today, of course, the theme of this series is Stay Hungry. Uh, sometimes I like to call this the Feast of Fasting, right? You get the feast in the, on the, what the Lord has for you in the spiritual aspect. Look, where we're going today is we're going to be talking about praise. I will declare he is worthy because these, these are some of the basic aspects of prayer we're going to be covering. And uh, we need to remind ourselves that we are spiritual beings and we're going to live forever, all right, first. And this physical realm is going to deteriorate one day, but the spiritual aspect of life and what we are going to embrace when we go to heaven will live on for thousands and trillions of years and you will too. And therefore we must approach life in the spirit first because what happens in the spirit always affects what's going on in the physical realm. And this, has to di- this directly affects our life when it comes to spirit- praise and inviting the presence and the power of God into our life. It's about his presence and his power and his life in us and flowing through us. And we need to be the kind of people that walk in that and activate that and live in that stream. So I hope I jolt you to a new place today in the spirit, because that's where we need to be as the people of God. I'm going to begin as we talk about this principle of praise with two illustrations, first from the New Testament, then the Old Testament. And they're both very powerful and they directly have uh, align with what we're going, where we're going today in this topic. But first of all, we're, we're going to look at in the book of Acts where Paul and Silas have just entered. They just came to Philippi, and this the first converts in Philippi had begun to be touched by the gospel. This is the first entrance of the gospel into that region, and powerful things begin to happen with Paul and Silas. Acts chapter sixteen, verse nineteen through thirty-one. We'll put the text up here, but it begins like this. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, like, what's that all about? Well, there was this girl, this woman who had been delivered from satanic power, a spirit of divination, right? I told you, spirit, Holy Spirit must confront spirit. And this is, you see it right off. And she was uh, satanically inspired to give fortunes and tell the future. It was a demonic activity. And her master, because she was delivered, her master's hope of gain was gone. And he was livid. He was profiting off this girl. So it goes on to say they they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, these men, being Jews, exceedingly troubled our city. Now, if you want to see anti-Semitism, that's it. Right there. These men being Jews, now they're causing problems. These are unbelievers accusing these guys, and that's clearly anti-Semitic and uh, racist. And believers are anything but anti-Semitic. It says, and they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive and observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes, commanded them to be beaten with rods, and then they laid many stripes on them, threw them in the prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. 
Having received such charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet with stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas began to pray and sing praises, sing hymns. They began to praise God. It says, and the prisoners were listening to them. Well, that's evangelism. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, right? The prison shook. And so the foundations of the prison were shaken. Immediately the doors popped and flew open and chains were loosed. You're talking about some loud racket, not only the rumbling of the earth, but doors being slammed open, chains dropping to the ground all at once. Can you imagine? It's like a thunder and noise and crackling and breaking. Powerful stuff. I mean, that is powerful. Can you imagine if you were in that situation? And it says, and the keeper of the prison was awakened from a sleep. He was so shooken. It says, seeing the prison doors open, supposed that the prisoners had fled, he drew the sword and was about to kill himself. He thought, I'm done. But Paul called out in a loud voice saying, do not harm yourself. Do no harm. It says, we're all here. Then he called for a light and ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must we do to be saved? What must I do? And they said to him, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. And if you're here today and you have not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to stop wasting time and get a hold of God. Let him transform your life and your family and generations to come. Amen? That's the gospel. Run to Jesus. Other than that, you have absolutely zero hope. I can say that with full confidence. So they brought him to Jesus, believe on Jesus. <laughs> and then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in the house. And the Bible goes on to say that he was baptized. Wow, <laughs> that's a powerful passage. The principle of the power of praise, the power of believers who gather together, whether individually, corporately, or privately, something powerful happens. This praise is the basic principle. It's the basis principle of the universe. The power of believers, when they come together, powerful. And when you discover and when you live this principle out, when you observe it fully of what the scripture, scriptures teach, I tell you what, anything is possible. And we need to understand this truth in light of the scriptures so we can grasp the full gravity of why it's important for us, for you and I. Now, we just read this account, Paul and Silas in prison. They were praising God in darkness. They were praising him at midnight. They were praising him in the face of bondage, difficulty, and pain. They praised him. It was the sacrifice of praise. And, and there were many outside, actually, <laughs> what's so powerful is when these two men did that in Acts, we know that when they, when they lifted God and began to praise him, miracle began to happen. Now, uh, there are many outside the walls of our church right now that are groaning in darkness. And they're under the weight of bondage. And they have no idea of the power of praise. They have no idea of the song of deliverance that you do. Something God wants to release through your life. He wants us to get a hold of this today. Paul and Silas sang praises, were delivered. Uh, they, I, I believe that um, if we continue to grow in this truth, if we begin to aggressively and intentionally implement this truth in our lives, in our homes, where we live, where we work, individually, corporately, as a family, then you're going to begin to see God's impact in the realms of darkness where sin begins to flee at a level where people begin to be liberated even beyond what we can imagine throughout our community. 
They said, there's an earthquake that hit the prison. Well, there's a spiritual earthquake that we need to be aware of that God releases that happens through his people when we praise him. It will break yokes, it will break bondage, it will cause there to be many to come to life in Jesus Christ simply because we are more intentional about this life and this call to live and praise. To exercise it, to live it out, be intentional. I believe there uh, is so much more we could discover about the spiritual power and impact in the spiritual realm when we walk in praise, when we begin to truly live life in the spirit first. Amen? I hope I'm, I'm twisting, I hope I'm jolting you out of some maybe intellectual barriers that you've been living in or something. Uh, but, but sometimes that needs to happen. Sometimes we need to be reminded of something that is more true and more powerful than anything we could ever imagine. Look, it could be possible that when the church begins to live this, this powerful truth out in our lives with intentionality, that we may experience the same thing that they experienced in Acts chapter 16, where people will ask, what must I do to get saved? Can you imagine? People walking up, what do I got to do to get saved? Because something is happening. Something's being released. Example number two, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. This is uh, one of the most renowned instances of praise in the Bible. It's an instance in which an army employs the most unbelievable strategy that you can imagine. It's just crazy. It's just ludicrous to the carnal mind. There were several armies. Actually, there was a multitude, the Bible says, that was marching against Judah and Jehoshaphat, which was their king at the time, their lord. What'd they do? Well, they're doing what we did right now. They're, they're called time of fasting and prayer. And uh, the Bible says that they were terrified. So they sought God. They quit eating. <laughs> I mean, they went after God. And the Lord answered and said, the battle belongs to me. The battle is the Lord's. And he gave a divine strategy for victory. He appointed singers, some praisers, and uh, they began to praise the beauty of the Lord and his holiness. And they sent them out before the army, and they sang. They sang from the bottom of their toes, let me tell you. And they praised God for his mercy endures forever. And when they began to sing, the Lord sent ambushments against the enemy, and they were soundly defeated. It's, it's a lunatic, it's crazy. It's a strategy, though. Who would ever think of that? Who would ever do that? I don't know what it would have been like to be a member of the choir at that time. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? It, it would have been absolutely terrifying, right? I, I don't know any other case in the Bible where this kind of triumph happens on an occasion like this, where they're facing this massive army, a multitude that has gathered against them, and they are just in sheer holy desperation. And this is not just some carnal panic. I mean, they are beyond scared spitless. They're at the place where they are so afraid that, thank God, they got their mouths full of the right words. And when that happened, miracles begin to happen. And I'm going to be talking about that a little bit later, getting our mouths full of the right words. And they humbled themselves. You see the pattern they went through. They sought God in fasting and prayer. They received the word of the prophets that God had raised up around them. That's important. You need to listen to what the prophets are saying. They listened to their king who was the commander-in-chief, and he rose up, and they checked their history, and they reminded themselves of God's promises, and when all that came together, it was like, bam, they're like, okay, here we go, 
And the king says, wait a minute, though. We're going to do things a little unconventional around here. Because the Lord says the battle belongs to me, him. And therefore, we're going to praise him. We're going to praise him right now before we even go into battle. He says, choir, you're up front. Start singing, man. Just start singing. <laughs> and, and now they're probably pretty reluctant at this moment. Uh, can you imagine? Uh, they were absolutely horrified, if you can imagine, up front. Because they are leading the army. Uh, can you imagine? I'm glad I didn't have to sing tenor in that group. You know? it, so here they are. They, they get out in front and they start singing praises, start praising the beauty of the Lord. Put yourself in their shoes. Their adrenaline is pumping. I mean, they are desperate in their faith. And they are marching down. They are just trusting God and they're marching down this road and marching into a, a massive horde of trained military ranks with swords and spears, shields and bow and arrows. And all they got is a simple command from God, a praise on their lips, just simple obedience. That's all they got. And their dependence on the Lord. And that, that's just it. Their confidence in the, his victory and a praise that happens in advance. That's key. You know how easy it is to praise God after something really good's happened. Oh man, that was great. Let's praise the Lord. He gave us such a great victory. Well, how about beforehand? How about beforehand? When you don't feel like it. When you're afraid. When you're horrified. You're terrified. You don't know what to do. That's key, my friends. That's the sacrifice of praise. And that's what they did. And as they begin to do that, praise like a river began to advance from them in the spirit. And it was like a flood tide just swept over the enemy, just whoom, rolled right over the top of them. Sent massive confusion. They didn't know what was going on. Sent ambushes. They started fighting each other. And it's just, oh, you could say it. Hell broke out. Chaos. They didn't know what was going on. It just went whoom, right over the top of them. Just, can you just see it in the spirit? Just whoom, rolling over the top of this massive army. And they start falling over and they're tripping and their swords and they're stabbing themselves in the legs and all kinds of crazy things are happening. And sheer terror, they're overtaken by their own terror and fear. This, this stuff happened. And they were smitten, confused. Do you realize that when you praise God, there is something released in the spiritual realm that flows from your life that will overtake the enemy? Do you realize that? I know. You're like, eh, I don't know. I'm telling you what the Bible says. <clears throat> and it will prepare a way for you. The Bible says the glory of the Lord will prepare a way for you. So when you praise him, <laughs> the battle is no longer yours. It belongs to the Lord. And he shows up. There is no substitute for praise when it comes to your advancement in life. No substitute. Your your spiritual advancement in life hinges on praise. It's not some carnal luxury where we just, well, you know, the flesh says, I don't feel like praising God today. You know, I'm kind of bummed out and bad things happen. I just don't really feel like expressing my love towards the Lord. And, you know, I don't feel that good today. And, and uh, <clears throat> so I'm not going to do it because, you know, because I don't feel like it. If I did it, I'd feel like a hypocrite. So there you go. I'm just not going to do it. 
Look, the Lord doesn't ask whether you're not, whether you feel good or not. He doesn't ask you that. The Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Amen? <sighs> That's me and you. And so here we are. And the praise, with praise there comes breakthrough. A stream of the glory of God before his people. When we praise him, it leads us to victory. Now, both of these in the Old and New Testament passages on praise that we just looked at, they have one thing in common, both of them. <clears throat> praise. It's the voice of believers. The words of believers. The words, words connect us to God. Words connect us to God and other people. The language of praise is so important. Speaking praise. Proverbs 18.20. Let's talk about filling our mouths with the right things. A man's stomach shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. That's profound. We've got to catch this. If you ever meet somebody who's a satisfied person, it's because the person is speaking. It's speaking it. There's praise. In other words, he's satisfied by what you say, what comes out of your mouth. If you're not satisfied with life, it's because your mouth isn't lining up with the word of God. Could that be so? Sure. A man's stomach shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Proverbs 18, 21, powerful passage here. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Okay, those who love it. What's it? What's he talking about here? He could say life. Those who love life eat its fruit. He could say death. Those who love death will eat its fruit. Could be maybe uh, those who love the tongue. Maybe it's talking about that will eat its fruit. But I don't think any of those are right. I think what he's talking about here is referring to, it's referring to power, the power of the tongue. In other words, this, this is what it's saying. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it, one version says it this way, those who respect it or honor it. Those who embrace the power that the tongue has will eat the fruit of it if they understand the power that their words so we need to understand how our words have power, and words of praise have power. Let's look at this next passage here. Um, first of all, praise opens the gates into his presence. The Bible's very clear about that. Psalms 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Psalms 118, 19. Open to me the gates of righteous, righteousness. I will go through them, and I will praise the Lord. What's the gate? The gate's praise. This is the way you enter into the Lord's presence. Look at Psalms 22.3. But you are holy and throned in the praises of Israel. The, new, the old King James says it this way. You inhabit the praises of Israel. You dwell in the midst of the praises of Israel. In other words, you manifest your presence. You ever sense the presence of God? I sensed his presence when we were up here this morning. Often it happens in the middle of praise and worship. It's uh, when we gather together. Uh, there's the omnipotence of God where, you know, that's biblical. He's everywhere. There's the inner presence of God because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He comes and dwells in you by the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit. But there's also the manifest presence of God when God chooses at times to manifest or show his presence. So you actually kind of feel and sense his presence. Why does he do that? Well, I think there's a lot of reasons. One of them, I think he just wants to affirm us. 
Let us know, hey, I'm with you. I'm, I want to bless you. I want to love you back. I want you to feel that and sense that. That's wonderful, sensing the presence of God, his manifest presence. So uh, you need to know something. Praisers are the ones who get into his presence. Come into his presence with thanksgiving. It's courts with praise. It doesn't say grumbler, grumblers come into the presence of God. It doesn't say, uh, well, we'll just say this, grumblers never get into the presence of God. It doesn't say come into his courts with grumbling and is in his gates with complaining, does it? Uh, you're not going to get into God's presence complaining and grumbling. You're, it's not going to happen. You get in the presence of God by praising him. And when you praise him, God shows up somehow on the scene. Now, uh, I'm going to ask you the question, and don't answer this because you might not get it right, <laughs> but um, do I have the power to create life? Actually, the answer is no. There's only one who can actually create life, and we know who that is. That's God, right? He has that amazing ability. But here's the power we do have. You and I have the power to agree with God. This is a powerful principle you find throughout the Scriptures. If I agree with him, he's going to come on the scene. He's going to create life. If I agree with the devil, he's going to come on the scene, release death. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Life and death, power of the tongue. Uh, but I, I, I just can't create something. I can't say, let there be a tree in Shavuot. There's a tree. We don't have that kind of ability. God does. But we can, can be connected to the one who has that creative power. Now, if my mouth will agree with his words, this kind of creation in life will happen. Things will happen. Life will begin to happen. Let's, let's say someone comes to me and, after the service and, and needs healing for something, and I pray, and God shows up, and they get healed. That'd be wonderful. The question is, who healed them? Did I heal them? No. God healed them. Right? God has the power to heal. Now, you might think, well, Jesus gave the disciples power over sickness and demonic spirits and stuff like that. It's true. But where does that power come from? It comes from God. Holy Spirit flowing through us. As his children, we get in on that. Man, I'm so happy about that. So grateful. So we need to understand that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And the reason life and death are in the power of the mouth is because my words open gates, open doors. I'm going to open the gate of praise for God to walk through. Or I can open the gate of hell for the devil to walk through. You know, if we're walking in disobedience and rebellion and all that, we got all kinds of open doors to the enemy. And he's coming in and having, raising havoc and death and destruction. But if you shut those doors and open up praise to God, he's going to come through with life, power, healing, transformation. There's sick people that need to be healed. If there's <clears throat> people need to be delivered, there's only one who can do it. And if he shows up, my mouth agrees with him. He shows up by the word of God, he comes. So I'm either going to open the gate to God through, through, so he can come and bring life or I open the gate to devil and he brings death, destruction, darkness, uh, defeat, discouragement, depression, and all the other words that start with D. But God comes to bring life and life to the fullest. So I agree with God and life comes to my marriage. I worship and I praise him and I agree with him and life comes into my circumstances and situations and my family and my finances. If I don't agree with God, well, the opposite happens. Darkness comes. Someone agree with God for his presence and miracle power to show up. 
Matthew 18, 19 says this. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Let me clarify again what I'm saying. I'm not saying agreement brings the miracle. It's God that brings the miracle. Amen? Yeah. The agreement brings God on the scene, and God does the miracle. Matthew 18, 20 says this, For where two or three agree together in my name, I am there in their midst. I'm there in the midst of them. There it is. Who does the miracle? God does the miracle. When two agree on anything, on something, God says, when you agree, I'll come. When God comes, he shows up, he does something supernatural. You have to understand, every time God shows up, a miracle happens. Just look at the scriptures and, and see when God showed up, if something supernatural didn't happen. It's natural for him to be supernatural. I mean, hey, if he shows up and there's water, he's walking on it. Right? <laughs> We've seen that in the scriptures. And that's just normal for God. That's who God is. And so he shows up and he's going to do supernatural things. The key is getting God to show up. And the way we get God to show up is agree and praise. We open the gate of praise. His presence comes. We're talking about our mouths and how our mouths bring the presence of God. And how the presence of God brings God's power. Psalms 50, verse 23. Whoever offers praise glorifies me. And to him who orders his conduct all right, I will show the salvation of God. What's he saying here? He's saying whoever orders his conversation or puts his conversation or his mouth in order and praises me, I'll show up and I'll do great things for him. That's what he's saying here. Whoever offers praise glorifies me and to the one that orders his conversation the right way, I'll show the salvation of God. So he's saying whoever orders his mouth or gets his mouth to say the right thing and praises God, God's going to show up and he's going to do great things for him. Okay, now let's look at the second thing about praise here. We know that praise opens the gates for God to come all through and show up. Praise opens the gates for his people, to his people. Now, remember, you can't get an audience without God, without praise. You have to praise him. You can't grumble and complain. You, you, you come into his presence with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. The Bible's very clear about that. The Bible teaches us to praise God. Now, you normally can't get an audience with people without praise. You ever notice that? You ever go up to someone and start being real critical and mean and judgmental and hateful and arrogant and lying and angry? I hope you don't do that. But if you do that, how many know you're not going to have an audience? They're going to shut you down. They're going to ignore you. They're going to walk away. They're going to get angry. They're going to defend. They're not going to hear you. You're not going to have an audience with them. Your spirit is not Christ-like. But if you come up to someone and you're nice, you have a kind, nice, sweet spirit, it's honoring, respectful, even if you're bringing the complaint, you kind of cloak it, they'll wrap it up in some nice things and praise, you're going to have an audience. They're going to listen. Works for people too. It's interesting. They'll open up to you because the spirit of praise that's put on it. Now, the reason uh, we will not come into uh, their presence unless you praise is because really we're made in the image of God. And the way you get into God's presence through, is through praise, and it's the same way when you get into other people's presence, really. We're image bearers. 
And those who are married, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Uh, You don't get an audience with your spouse by being mean and critical and negative and all that stuff. Now, wives, you got to be careful of you know how you talk to your husband about taking the garbage out, right? <laughs> I mean, you got to be careful because how you say it, uh, otherwise, you might do more damage than good. <clears throat> it's often said it's not what you say; it's how you say it that counts, right? And so we we hopefully practice this in our marriage, in our relationship, how we talk to one another with honor and respect and treat each other with dignity. Makes a big difference. Because you're made in the image of God. You cloak your words in love, respect, and honor. And then a person's going to hear you. Proverbs 31, for example, talks about this virtuous woman. It's a really wonderful passage of Scripture because it goes all through these qualities of this virtual woman and uh, of God. And in the middle of it says her husband is known as an elder in the gates of the city. But what's amazing to me in this passage is it never says anything, doesn't tell me anything about the character of her husband. Nothing. It just talks about her character, and, and basically what is leading me to believe when you read this passage uh, is because her character was so awesome that she made this wonderful husband who became known. I mean, think about this with me. I think every time they walked by that gate in the city for years before he was sitting there as an elder, she would look at him and say, you know what, honey, one day you're going to sit there. You're a really smart guy. You got a lot of wisdom and and you have all the components, the capacity and everything to be that elder. And one day you're going to be an elder in this city. And you know, he started believing that. He embraced it. One day there he is. Because she's building him up and speaking praise, which brings God, which brings life, right? Brings God on the scene, brings life. Because she's not speaking death and destruction. She's speaking life. I have the benefit of that all the time with Lori. She's always building me up. I mean, it's like, wow, (laughs) where I'd be without her. (laughs) But uh, learning to speak the language of praise, learn to speak it to your children even. They bring home a bad report card. Yeah, there might be some discipline or whatever, but hey, say, stop. Hey, wait a minute. You're better than this. You're smart. You've got the capacity to be a genius. I'm going to help you out because I'm not going to let you take the railroad because God has great things for you and you could do so much better than this and we're going to tap into your brilliance. Get them believing in themselves and when you speak life, God comes on the scene. Well, we got to move on because praise also opens the gates of his power. Isaiah 61 talks about the ministry of Jesus. Isaiah 61.3 says, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them the beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Hmm, a lot of truth in that last phrase, right? Garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Do you realize that there is a spirit of heaviness of this generation probably like we've never seen? More people are on antidepressants. More people are harming themselves and committing suicide than we've ever seen. And it's really prevalent during Christmas of all times. We just went through when it should be the most joyous, celebrative, hope-filled season. Because the enemy authors depression and oppression. The devil comes in. Wants to press you down. <clears throat> wants to depress you. That's where that word comes from. The word uh, <clears throat> pushes you down. When you push the gas pedal down on your car, that's what the enemy wants to do. Satan wants to do that same thing, push you down. And what does he use to push you down? He uses words. 
Do you know that you can talk yourself into a really good depression? People do it all the time. They convince themselves. You really can. You can learn, but you can learn to stop speaking death with your mouth and start speaking life. Start speaking the word of God, not the words of the enemy. Start speaking praise. There's one thing, according to the Bible, that takes care of the spirit of heaviness, and that's the garment of praise. The only thing I can find according to the Bible. Now, I can say with 100% confidence that when you were born, you were born naked. Now, you may not know that. Uh, I'm sure there's pictures to prove it. But there you were in your birthday suit. And someone had to dress you because you were born too early. And I mean, age so early that you didn't know how to dress yourself. Sometimes uh, I think someone, well, someone obviously started dressing you. The name of that person was your mom. Your mama started dressing you. And then one day mama said, you know what? I'm not dressing you anymore. (laughs) You're old enough to dress yourself. You need to start dressing yourself. And the Bible calls that the garment of praise. I do believe that there are new believers at seasons in their life where God graciously puts the garment of praise on them because they're still learning this thing and he gets them through stuff, through difficult times. But there does come a place where I think God says, you know what, you're old enough to dress yourself. You're old enough to put on the helmet of salvation. You're old enough to put on the breastplate of righteousness. You're old enough to put on that garment of praise. Get it done. Get it done. Put on that garment of praise. You could choose whether you're going to have the spirit of heaviness When heaviness comes on you, immediately what you got to start doing is start praising God. Lord, I praise you today. I praise you because you saved me. You went to the cross. I praise you because you have set me free. I praise you because my home is in heaven. You have made a way for me, a new and living way. I praise you for the freedom you've given me today, Lord. I praise you because greater are you that's in me than that which is trying to march against me. I praise you because when I do that, the Bible says, Arise, O God, and scatter your enemies. And something powerful is happening. And you'll sense something different happening. You start praising God and heaviness has to go. Because what happens is the spirit of heaviness, the devil, he's trying to jump on you. You're not speaking death, you're speaking life. And when you speak life and your words line up with God, it opens the gates for God to come in his presence. And he brings life with him. A lift, hope, joy. When you praise God. Heaviness, the demon, has to go. When he wants to jump on you and start pushing you down, you lift up Jesus and let him lift you up. It's like that beach ball. You try to get to the bottom of the swimming pool. Devil's trying to hold you down, push you down. Lord, I praise you. Boom! That thing will explode to the top of the surface so fast. Splash out of the top. The door of heaven opens to the Father. And the Father comes on the scene when we praise him. What's the demon going to do when you start doing that? <laughs> He's going to get out of there. He's going to get fast. Because what you're saying is my, my dad's coming. <laughs> and he's really big and he's strong. And he's going to kick your tail. He's not going to wait around. He's going to get out of there. Heaviness? You don't talk to me. You go talk to my father. I don't want to have a conversation with you today. I don't need that conversation. You go talk to Jesus. He'll straighten this out real fast. Amen? Oh, get a hold of this. Open the gates through praise and let God arise and your enemies be scattered. 
I'll have the worship team come out. Hebrews 13, 15 says this, Therefore by him let us continually offer up the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Notice it's your mouth. Notice the word sacrifice. You got to understand something. A lot of times it's a sacrifice. You're, you're going through something difficult. You don't feel like praising God. It's a sacrifice. You do it anyway. By the way, if you only praise God when you felt like it, you'd live a depressed life, wouldn't you? Of course you would. You're going to have to praise God even when you don't feel like it because that's when things change. That's when feelings change. That's when situations change because you've opened the gate and God shows up. Power. Psalms 149, 6-9 says this, Let the high praises of God be on their mouth and the two-edged sword in their hand to execute judgment on the nations, to punish and punishments on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains, to bind the king of darkness, to bind the king of lies, to bind the king of unbelief, to bind the king of fear, to bind the king of cancer, to bind whatever hell is trying to come your way. Praise has a power to bind that up. Not only break you free, but bind that up with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron to execute on them the written judgment. God has already judged the enemy. And to this is the honor, it says, have all the saints praise the Lord. That's how that verse ends. Praise the Lord. This is your honor. You're the saint. This is your privilege, God says. Live it out. Release it in your life. Let life happen. Let there be an explosion on the scene. And never, ever, 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 ever forget. When you praise, something is being released in the spirit from your life. And it just, whoo, sometimes it'll just take out anything that's in front of you in the spirit. We are the people of the spirit. Our, we do not battle against flesh and blood, Bible says, Ephesians. Remind yourself of that every day. God, I walk in the spirit today. I walk as a child of God. I am a child of God, and I will walk with God, and I will walk in the spirit. And if something's coming at me, I will approach it in the spirit first. God, come. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. And I praise you and I love you and I exalt you and life begins to happen. Wisdom and words and thoughts come to you and strategies and, and the life of God starts flowing powerfully out of your life. This is how God has called the people of faith to live, the church. We are a supernatural people. He wants you to become naturally supernatural. You are the image of God. Hmm. Let's stand together. Praise binds the enemy. Amen? You get tired of the devil working in a certain area of your life, say, devil, I'm going to bind you today. Just start praising God. He'll be so tied up in knots, he won't be able to hang out. Open the gates of heaven through praise. Let God arise and your enemies be scattered. Now, let's just take a moment and look to Jesus. Thank you for listening. For more of our podcasts and to discover how you can connect, visit us at churchak.org or download our Church on the Rock AK app from either iTunes or Google Play.